The Saints are off of their bye week and have the chance to take command in the NFC South. That is, look, I'm, I'm not making up things on this podcast. No, they really do. And when I say, what do you mean by taking command? I mean, they have a chance to have a two-game lead in this division with six games to play. That's right. The New Orleans Saints, these New Orleans Saints, if you don't believe me, you're going to have to listen to Larry Holder. That's coming up. And also the pick segment. Uncle Big Nick is not here, but we still have our picks. Don't worry. They're all coming up on Datitude, and they're coming up on a special pre-Turkey Day Eve edition right now. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who are still trying to find out what the hell giblets are. Giblets. Just like the word giblets. Shouldn't it be giblets? Never understood giblets. Why they're even a thing. Why there's even a word. For, there's a, I guess there's a word for everything. Who said, yeah, we're going to call these giblets. And I have no idea what they are. I'm just saying, they've got to be something. Who decided that was the word for them? I don't know. But it's Thanksgiving Eve, boys and girls, or at least for many of us who are listening to this podcast. What is this podcast? It's Datitude, episode number 191 for a Wednesday. I just told you, it's Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. It is 11 23 I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Speaking and the Advocate and bet.nola.com. Are you ready to stuff your face? What is more exciting to you? You know, normally uh, Saints fans would be probably be more excited about uh, the Saints playing the Falcons on Sunday than they would be about Thanksgiving. Not everybody. I mean, I get that uh, you know, Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that, you know, it just kind of sneaks up on you because all you're thinking about is Halloween and you go into the store after Halloween's over and all you see is Christmas crap. So I, I get why Thanksgiving just gets... When I, you know, I heard this this morning, and it's true, on, uh, on Boomer and Geo. We just skip over Thanksgiving now. It's, it's really not fair to Thanksgiving. We just kind of skip over. I mean, it pops up, it's here, but you don't really think... You know, I, thank God my wife does. I mean, she makes Thanksgiving fantastic. We always have Thanksgiving in our house. There's like 20 people in the house. Like, get out from in front of the TV. Will you please move? Stop doing the dance. I don't want to see that dance right now. The Lions are driving for the winning touchdown. I got a lot on this game. I don't care about your dance. How do you say you don't care about the dance without saying it? Get out of the TV. Can you get me another piece of pumpkin pie? All that stuff. Thanksgiving, I can be a little crotch. Sometimes, I, you know, you used to use the Lions game as the, that was your chance to get your, foot, your early football fix in, turn it on, nobody cares. You might care towards the end because you bet the under. Uh, it's the Bears and Lions, who gives a damn? 
give me some more pie. I fell asleep in the third quarter. I woke up. Oh, look, the Cowboys game is about to start. That's what uh, with Thanksgiving. You, you can't do that anymore. And the Lions matter now. I mean, I'm not used to this Lions mattering crap. So strange. Anyway, I've been weird at the dairy household before. We, you know, see, I'm, you know, I'm ADHD. That's who I am. I'm all over the place. Um, been a weird week here. The two girls both had their tonsils taken out on on Saturday. It has been. Um, they try to warn you about what's going to happen when one of your kids gets their tonsils out, and they 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 don't know how to warn you when two of your kids have their tonsils taken out on the same day. Let's just say, um, yeah, uh, it hasn't been a whole lot of fun. Poor girls. I mean, they are, like, it's Wednesday, and they're in pain almost as if it were happening the day of. Look, that that day, first day home was rough. Um, second day was a little better, but it hasn't really gotten any. You know how, like, when you're sick and, you know, it gets a little better each day? And it's not like that with tonsils. At least I haven't seen that. And I never had mine taken out, so I don't, rem- you know, obviously I don't have anything to look back on. Uh, my wife never had hers out either, so we didn't really know what to expect. Um, but man, so they get a little better on Sunday where they can like semi talk and, but they do a whole lot of whining and crying and here we are Wednesday and it's no different. It's like exactly the same. So, uh, and the little one doesn't want to eat. So she's not wanting to eat anyway. And now like she's having other issues because she doesn't have any food in her body and she doesn't want to eat. So I don't, I, it's been a lot of fun trying to do podcasts and, um, writing NFL picks columns, and when you have a home office, oh, man. And I'm not saying, I mean, oh, woe is them, not oh, woe is me. And I'm being sincere. Man, it has been a rough go for the girls, so hopefully they'll feel a little better. They won't be able to eat turkey, but they hopefully will be able to eat some mashed potatoes and gravy and maybe at least the, the pie without the crust, some shells, I mean, uh, some ice cream. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, Saints-Falcons, as we move along here on this Wednesday, it is hard to stay focused on football right now, at least hard to stay focused on the Saints. You know that off week? I think we all needed an off week, didn't we? I mean, when I said in the lead, is true. I mean, the Saints legitimately have a chance to take command, and I mean command, of this NFC South. With a victory. If they win on Sunday, and the Buccaneers, who are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at Indianapolis as I record this, if the Saints win and the Bucs lose, the Saints have a two-game lead, a solid two-game lead with six games to play. And really, the only super tough team on the Saints' schedule is the Detroit Lions, and that's coming up next week in the Superdome. Saints about to start a three-game homestand. So all those road games the Saints have played, they're going to pay off now in the month of December because they're basically going to be home almost the entire month of December. And uh, they, have, they still have four home games left. As we enter December, I don't know if there are any. I mean, I didn't go through and look, but I'd be willing to bet there are only a couple teams that still have four home games left. Uh, four of their last six will be at home. They go to the Rams and they go to Tampa Bay uh, in back-to-back weeks. Christmas uh, week, they play on a Thursday, uh, and then the 
Sunday before New Year's. Is, I think it's New Year's Eve. Uh, they play at Tampa Bay on New Year's Eve, I believe. Other than that, they're home. So interesting schedule coming up and uh, interesting chance for the Saints. But uh, what, will they win? I'm going to say my prediction coming up with Larry in just a minute. Um, we, it was one of those uh, rough mornings, not just because of my kids, but you know how when you have something planned, and nine times out of ten when I'm doing the podcast, I set everything up. I do stuff in the morning. I check to make sure everything's okay. And then I go off and drink my coffee and come back when it's time for the pod and we go. Well, this morning I didn't do that. Uh, I set up all the graphics last night. I set up the, the link for Larry last night. I did everything. And I said, you know what? It's all going to work. It'll be fine. Uh, didn't come to the office. and we, we go in the air at 10. I came in the office literally at 9.55. It'll be fine. Wasn't fine. Microphone wouldn't connect to the computer. I tried, I, I mean, on and on. Finally, I said to hell with it. We, had to, we started the show 15 minutes late. At least one thing about computers and the way that we do these virtual shows now, it's not like a TV show or a radio show where there are hard times. I mean, at 10 o'clock, you go on at 10 o'clock or whatever. No, at least with this thing, I mean, it screwed up. It wouldn't connect. We went on late. It is what it is. We had just as many people watch as normal. No one seemed to really care. We had a lot of good comments, questions. Uh, it didn't seem to affect a whole lot. But if you, man, just goes to show you got to check that stuff, man. Because I could, even when we went off the show, finally went off. And the reason why the pod's up so late this morning or this afternoon, really, is because I still couldn't get my mic to connect. Um, it took me an hour. To get it to finally connect. I had to go through. Thank, thank God for Google. Google and YouTube will. I mean you may not. Uh, your politics. You may not like Google and YouTube. I don't care. I really don't. Google and YouTube have saved me. Many many times. And will continue to save me. We get the mic working. We're back on. Everybody's happy. All right. Again with Larry coming up. I uh, want to just say that. Uh, Uncle Big Nick. Uh, as I said in the open. Is not here today. He is, he's going out of town. He's going to Florida for the week. Um, and so he sent in his pick and comments. So I will read them when Larry and I are done. I will come back, read them, and go off the show and give you a little program and note. And a hint, spoiler alert, we will be back to normal next week, Monday, Thursday, and Friday next week. We are going to take a little weekend off and uh, refresh, kind of recharge the batteries, or so to speak. Let's see if, how Larry's batteries are charged up. Just like the old days when we would do uh, Duncan Holder and have to set up some of those random cameras on the fly. Yeah, like yeah. we should never be engineers for shows. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way of the world now. Everybody uh, uh, who does things from their house. At least you have, like, a cool background. I just have a doorway and some pictures in my background. You, you know, every time, like, I come on, and which is most of the time, like, I get on and I make sure that everything's working right and, you know, I got everything set up just right. It's like everything's great. We're ready to go. The one, the one time, like, I come in at, like, 9.54 or whatever and say, okay, we're just going to wing it. Oh, no, you ain't winging nothing today, pal. <laughs> well, that's about right. I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty appropriate given uh, the game we're going to talk to. Uh, these guys are – You ain't kidding. They can't wing anything, uh, and they're just uh, both too – Quite mediocre teams in the worst division. Uh, 
maybe the AFC South has something yeah, to say. Close. Oh, wing-a-ding-ding. That's where we are. All right. Anyway, we're going to get to the Saints-Falcons talk. Uh, before we, we are done today, we are also going to talk about the NFL in week 12. More specifically, we're actually just going to talk about tomorrow's games. Uh, and maybe we'll bring back the Black Friday game into it. We'll see how it goes. But uh, that's what we got. If you want to leave a comment, uh, feel free to do so if you're watching on YouTube or if you're on Facebook. And, yes, restrictions. It is central time. Again, we apologize for the delay. We thank all of you for, for coming on. All right, let's get to Saints-Falcons. And, Larry, you look at these numbers down on the screen. These, these teams not only are, have been, to me, I didn't even need to see numbers, but they've been mirror images of one another. And then when I did the numbers and put them on the screen, I'm like, wow, they really are mirror images of each other. Within two on both offense and defense in their rankings, uh, and you look and they both have similar, uh, you know, running and passing the football, having trouble. The Falcons, though, I got to say, are if you're a Falcons fan or a Saints fan, I think actually being a Falcons fan is probably more disappointing than being a Saints fan. Well, maybe just in general in life, yes. But uh, I would uh, I would say that I think expectations for the Saints were higher than what they were for the Falcons. And when you look at the records of both teams, I would say, okay, the ceiling for – I say it every week almost on the show. I thought the ceiling for uh, wins for the Saints this year would be 10. I thought the ceiling maybe for the Falcons for wins would be 9. Both are achievable, so I figured both would be okay at times and stumble at times. And, yeah, it's it's funny in that you have two offenses that don't seem to really put it together consistently. And you think that maybe there's some obvious things that they should be doing, and maybe they don't do them so much. And I might as well point to, you know, Saints fans – and people who watch the team and uh, write about the team say, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill. Guess what? The people are saying that Wait the fans are saying, B. John Robinson, B. John Robinson, B. John Robinson. Yeah, what am I talking about here? Right. <laughs> Jim Derry. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I, I hear you. Um, and I'm definitely on you with, with, that, with that because, you know, I've been one of the ones screaming, I don't have B. John Robinson in any fantasy league or anything. So it's nothing about that. But it, it's frustrating. And look, even if you dislike the Falcons, sometimes you're just a football fan and you're screaming at Arthur Smith like, what are you doing? I get Tyler Algier is a decent back, and he is. He's a decent running back. But he's a complimentary guy to the guy you drafted at eighth overall. I mean, use the guy in the red zone. And I don't understand what they've, you know, what they've done uh, with some of these things going on. And is Atlanta going to get any better? I don't know. But we talk about the Saints. People want to talk about Dennis Allen. I think Arthur Smith is way worse. Uh, I mean, I think what he's done with this team this year, I hear what you're saying about win potential and all that, and I don't necessarily disagree, but just watching the Falcons just kind of plot around is way worse than the Saints, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the Falcons are a bad version of the Titans when the Titans were good. Like, that's what Arthur Smith tried to build. I don't disagree because you look at the Titans, they tried to ride with Ryan Tannehill. Now that's done, uh, but they want to, it was Derrick Henry, run the football first, play good defense. I mean, that's kind of what Arthur Smith was trying to design with this team. 
And now the defense has gotten better. And uh, I, I've always liked Ryan Nielsen as a coach, and they've gotten some better pieces defensively. And they've gotten better defensively than they had been to start the season. But offensively, it's still a question. And now, uh, you know, when you look at the Saints, I would say both sides of the football become a question. Now that you don't have Marshawn Lattimore, who knows how long that's gonna, he's going to be out. You know he's going to be out this week. And Dennis Allen's publicly complaining about the pass rush. So if you're hindered now in the back end with your shutdown corner out, even though you got two viable corners, and I think they're they're better off maybe than you know other teams might anticipate. Uh, but still, I, you got question marks on both sides of the ball for the Saints. So where it's like, where do you go from here? Why would you publicly, when all the problems you're having, talk about Cam Jordan and Carl Granderson when you have so many other issues? Well, maybe they should blitz more or be more effective doing that. I mean, that's you know, like you know, that's that could be part of it as well. But uh, but it's it's here's the thing. Uh, you, know, you know, I dive into all the uh, the numbers to keep track of all this. So, you know, it's the Saints' pass pressure was going down last year. Uh, now the sack totals were fine, but the pressure percentages were not as good as they had been in the previous uh, bunch of years, where they were one of the better teams. And so the, the trend was falling. It's almost like all right, well. Uh, I, I guess they tried to address that in drafts, plural, and yeah. it hasn't really stuck with either, say, Peyton Turner, or you can look at the decision to let Trey Hendrickson walk and mar- try to bank on Marcus Davenport. That was a bomb out. You know, Brian Brzee, after starting um, well in the first couple of games, you know, he's slowed down as a pass rusher. Uh, you know, Foskey hasn't been a guy, you know, so that's, it's like they've tried, but they haven't gotten the right pieces, even though they, oh. they, they, they knew that that was a problem, and it, it's still a problem. That's kind of called scouting. You blame your scouting department then. I mean, you bring in. Yes. That's kind of your own fault, isn't it? All right, Donnell D. Watt says, Dennis Allen is the problem in a weak division, can't seize control. Well, speaking of seizing control, what the headline says is the Saints have a chance to take full control of this division. No, really, they do. If they win this game, especially if they win and the Buccaneers lose to the Colts on Sunday, then the Saints would have a two-game lead in the NFC South with just six games to play. So that's where this team is right now. All the flaws, all the things that have gone wrong for this team, you could talk about them all day long. But in the end, we're sitting here in Thanksgiving week, and the Saints have a chance. And I I stress, a chance, because we're going to get to our predictions at the end of the show. But they have a chance to really take command in this division just by winning on Sunday. That's all they need to do. Command is maybe a relative term, but yes, in terms of actually, yes. Uh, games ahead, yes, they certainly do. And it's a similar refrain we've been saying, though, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And you and me have have fallen for the trap and been duped yes, by the trap. <laughs> a few times trap, for sure exactly a few times uh this season and so that's that's the danger with this and you know i was thinking actually before we we hopped on uh maybe and i i was thinking man, what if you look at say the mediocre teams in the nfl and they're actually if you listen to what tom brady's has to say he says there are a lot of them which he's, he's not totally wrong but look at the guy teams that are say Six and four, five and five, that's that sort of thing. It's like which teams actually you're thinking, okay, maybe these teams are getting better. And I probably wouldn't point to the Saints. 
I probably wouldn't point to the Falcons. Now, if the Falcons won, maybe I would point to that and say, all right, maybe Desmond Ritter's getting it right finally and say they use Bijan Robinson. But, you know, it's you mentioned a team like the Colts. I think they're actually getting better. Like, well, uh, they're better know. than I think anyone expected them to be because they were supposed to be like a three or four win team. And they're clearly better than that. Right. Like the Broncos are getting better. Now they're five and five. Right. Like the Bengals are five and five. I think their season is in a heap given what happened to Joe Burrow. But, you know, they're, and then I think, what is it? The the Bills are now six, six and four or no. They're five and five as well, I think. Yeah. So I think they're, uh, they're they're six and five, so they're six a team that I think is maybe going to have a bit of a jolt, even though they're like the Vikings are six and five. I think they're actually they'll play the Eagles this week, and they're underdogs. So right, yeah, and, but like the Vikings, I think they're six and five. I know they lost a tough one last week, but I think they're actually a team that's getting better. At some point, they're going to get Justin Jefferson back. So like, where are the Saints and the Falcons fit in this thing? Like the Raiders, I think they're just meandering at five and six. So do they really have to fit in there though? That's the whole thing. You're just trying to win this division because anything can, I know the old, anything can happen. Now look, let's be realistic. And that's what this show's supposed to be about. I mean, if they, they're probably get, whoever wins this division is going to get Dallas. I mean, more likely right. than not in the first round. I mean, that's, I don't see anyone unseating Dallas as the top wild card. I just don't. So, I mean, let's be realistic. This, this, the winner of this division, unless they go on a big run and somehow make it to the three seed, which isn't going to happen, is going to be the four seed. And so, realistically, this is a one-and-done team, whoever it is. So, I mean, I don't need know that you need to compare them to the other teams in the NFL. I hear what you're saying, but, I mean, look, this, this, this division is its own animal. Right, and that I think that's kind of my point in that, okay, we're talking about them winning a division, but where's the expectation level in terms of once you leave the division, where are you? And I'm sure enough Saints fans, I probably didn't need to explain that and, and make that make that point. I just kind of wanted to go through the, the the process of going through these teams and saying, all right, where are the Saints here uh, with, with these sort of teams? And so, yeah, like that's the thing. Like there are going to be teams in the AFC that don't make the playoffs that might have the same record, and then the Saints will be sitting at like draft pick number 20, and some of these other teams will be sitting at like draft pick number 12. Like, so that's, that's kind of the, uh, it's, it's the double-edged sword. It's like, all right, you win in division, uh, but where are you in the grand scheme of things? I, I don't know. I, I could probably look it up. Uh, well, I mean, you, you can take the, just the feel of each team at a certain record, like the feel for the, the bills and the saints. I mean, if the saints and the bills go nine and eight, I mean, the feel is Jesus, this team stinks. I can't believe they're going to be talking about firing Sean McDermott. I mean, there's no question. And meanwhile, if the Colts were to go nine and eight, which is a possibility, or the Texans go nine and eight, I mean, you're like, wow, if you're in Houston or Indianapolis, you just thought the season was a mistake. So it, it just kind of depends on how you look at it. I mean, here's a perfect example. Toriel, she wants to fire the coaching staff. She's saying too many weapons with this team not to use them appropriately. I'm going to say the same thing that I said on Twitter earlier because I had – there was a someone on Twitter who has a decent amount of followers, and I've followed the guy – kind of covers the Saints from the background, I guess similar to the way I do. But he said, Dennis Allen deserves a third season. There's no question about it. Go ahead, bring it on. I mean, that's someone just looking for attention. Because there's no reason why you would say, I mean, realistically, okay, put your feelings of what you think about the coaching staff aside. You can't say right now, in my opinion, that he should be brought on for a third season. And similarly, I don't think you could say that he should be fired right now. 
it's too early for either one of those things. I think the last seven games of the season is going to dictate not only what the Saints are going to do, but if, if he goes five and two, which is a possibility, and they finish ten and seven, I just I just think that some people will change their minds. You can't say that right now. Yeah, there's no point to do that. Like, there's too much time left uh, on the clock uh, of the season. Like, you, you can't do that. Yeah, you're, here's the thing. Say, if you're Carolina, you probably are thinking, yeah, oh, yeah Frank, Wright. Frank Wright could be fired right now. And you, you got to do a, a total, uh, you know, pressure washing of, of everything. Agreed. But, but yeah, look, it, it's – you can't say that about the Saints. And, uh, you know, I was uh, – uh, I was about to say, let me uh, let me go look up our, our power rankings on the athletic, uh, and it's actually written by our Falcons writer. He does our our national you know, you know league wide power rankings every week, and again, coming from a Falcons writer, he has the Saints at seventeen and the Falcons at twenty four. So for someone who covers it. At least, he, hey, he's got a far better, a brighter outlook on the Saints than maybe you and me do, or and and maybe a more realistic outlook. I think that's about right. I, think, I really do. I think that's about right. There's a couple uh, twenty and forty three says it all for you. You you can't say that. You're, you're saying twenty and forty three. He never had a decent team with the Raiders, so you could throw those records out the window. I mean, yeah, there have been coaches who have brought made something out of nothing. Brian Dable did it last year, and now he's showing with these Giants really are. It's not just because Daniel Jones has been hurt. The Giants stink. Okay, They overachieved last year. The Giants weren't good with Daniel Jones this year, let's be honest. They didn't sign Daniel Jones. Jeff Haspel didn't deserve a first season. Well, you could say that all you want. It doesn't make a difference. He got a first season, and he's got a second season, and there's about a 90% chance he's going to get a third season. So you can keep hating and spewing this, this, this hate inside of you until the cows come home. It doesn't make a difference. I mean, he's going to be here. So, I mean, you know, you can hate it all you want. Rayfield's saying, wish we would have gotten Curtis Johnson back now with the offense. You know what? That Maybe that's true. Maybe Curtis Johnson will come back. Because I think you got to make changes in your offensive coaching staff. But saying he shouldn't have got a chance or he's terrible or whatever does you no good. The Saints are in first place in the, this division. I'll say it again. If, and a big if, I'm not saying they're going to win yet. If they win on Sunday... They have a two-game lead over the Falcons, who are realistically the only other team in this division that are going to beat them because the Bucs aren't going to do it. They have a tough schedule going down the stretch. They're not going to win eight games, I don't think. Even if they do, they're certainly not going to win nine, and I think it's going to take nine. So the Saints take a two-game lead over the Atlanta Falcons. They can go on cruise control. Well, I I don't know if you want them to go on cruise control. The Giants, for God's sake, that's an automatic win. I mean, you know. What are you talking about? Tommy DeVito had like a 138 yeah. passer rating this week, man. He's 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 bigger than Danny DeVito. What you're are you moving him up your, your ratings, huh? <laughs> no, he was dead last still. But he he at least got like a green box, which but yeah, my QB ratings, by the way, is out today. But uh he he at least had the green box in week eleven. Otherwise, it's the really dark red one with, with some of the other uh, other uh, uh metrics. But still, yeah, it's uh, uh <sighs> There's no cruising for the Saints. Like, well, I, I guess mean, if you you can go cruise and go seven and ten and win a division, I don't know. But still, uh, yeah, I don't think you could do that. But no, it's still, it's it comes down to, I think everyone in this city knows the Saints are who they are, and you're just hoping for the best 
ceiling part of they are who they are rather than the floor because I think the ceiling is 10 and 7 and the floor is 7 and 10. So you're hoping to be closer to the ceiling than the floor. If, if you know, just as a fan, if you're a fan of the team. Now, if you're not a fan of Dennis Allen, then you and you want the world to burn. Seven and ten. I'm I'm wondering if that's enough to get him fired. I don't know. I didn't know there were still uh, excited fans out there, but apparently Brandon is. I mean, this is about as excited as you're going to get from Hootas. The O line needs to be better with the block. And there's zero question that is true. But a win on Sunday would put them at six and five. Hootat and let's go. I that is 100 percent the case. I think if the offensive line plays better, because look at the last few games. Okay, they, they went on a little mini winning streak got themselves, maybe they're better, you know, maybe they're better, and then the O-line stinks again. Derek Carr gets destroyed. He's in concussion protocol. We never, we haven't even got to that yet because we, as we speak right now, we don't even know who's quarterback on this team on Sunday. Is it going to be Derek Carr? Is it going to be Jameis Winston? Doesn't matter. I mean, Jameis Winston beat the Falcons last year. Uh, he needed a little bit of help there at the end, but he got it, and he, he made it happen. Doesn't matter who, who the quarterback is this weekend. I almost feel like we're asking, does it matter like it's New England? Like, does it matter if it's Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi? Like, they're both, they both stink. Now, I, I, look, I think that either quarterback is capable of putting together, um, you know, a hot hand on a, on a game day and winning. Like, and it's not like Atlanta is this overbearing team. So I think that sense, would you trust – Derek Carr more than Desmond Ritter? Probably. Would you trust Jameis Winston more than than Desmond Ritter? I don't know. He'd probably be a little more thrill ride. I don't know. But that's the, I think that's kind of what you're what you're talking about here. So it's you, you don't feel great about it, regardless. But still, you, you probably feel like the Saints. At least Jameis Winston has had big time success. Desmond Ritter not as much, even though. As as a quarterback, he's won a few more games than maybe you, you might have thought. I think Jameis Winston, just my opinion, I think Jameis Winston is much better than Desmond Ritter. I think Desmond Ritter is a mess. And I think you want to talk about wasting draft picks, at least with Bijan, they're wasting draft picks because they're not using right. Desmond Ritter, they waste a draft pick because he's not good. That's oh, but he wasn't a first-rounder, so that's not a waste. Yeah, Jeff says they play without passion. That bugs me. That's coaching. I mean, I can't deny that. I mean, you can't. I, I agree with that. Like, I, I, feel like, I think they, I agree. I, I think if they played with passion, they'd be seven and three right now. I agree. And you know I, what? I feel like that, that has seeped into the defense. That's the problem. Like the defense was playing with passion. And even though I know they got the five turnovers against the bears still, it's, you know, it's, it's Tyson Bajan. Like it's not, you know, you know, it's different. And so in a, in a crazy environment, like the dome, like that's tough for any kind of quarterback, much less an undrafted rookie guy. But still, yeah. like I feel like the defense is lacking passion. Like the, the first half of the Vikings game, what was that? Like that's – if that side of the football is lacking passion, you're in trouble because that's supposed to be your strength. They did the same against Jacksonville. They didn't show up in the first half and then all of a sudden decided to play in the second half and almost won the game. I mean, why, why do you need – I mean, why do you take first halves off? I mean, that's not, again, if it's a one game thing, you can almost excuse something, but this is becoming, it's getting to the point where it's a recurring pattern. I mean, this team doesn't, if, if they put together a solid game offensively and defensively, like in the same game, and they did that for multiple games in a row, I know this sounds crazy, but I think they'd be in the top six or eight teams 
in the league if they put together an, a, a good offense. And I'm not even saying great. A good offensive game with a good defensive game all in the same game because they still haven't done it. Like if the Saints put up 24 points and the defense, let's just be be generous. Let's, they gave up 20. You'd take that every week. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mean so, like yeah. they were doing in the beginning of the season? Right. And, right. I, and I agree with you. I think maybe they – they are starting to lose a little bit of interest because something's going on. They're not playing like they were. They're certainly not doing it for four quarters. Pat says focus shouldn't be on quarterback. Doesn't matter what quarterback is behind center if the O line doesn't step up. Having pressure on the quarterback almost every single down doesn't add up to wins. Yeah, no, it adds up to losses. You got to be able to protect. And then you guys do the rankings. I mean, where do you have the Saints up in the line? Oh, um, I actually have to dig that up. I I haven't. Uh, I have They've been all over the place. I know um, you guys had them in the mid twenties uh, a couple weeks ago. Was the last time I looked. Also, the last time I looked on PFF, and they've kind of jumped around. They've been as low as thirty one, I believe. But they kind of they had kind of climbed back into the mid twenties, and it looked like they were on the rise. Maybe we're, look. This team had an offensive line that was in twenty two ish. They probably could, you know. Win this division without a lot of trouble. All right, I'm looking at our, our pressures on pressure yeah. percentage on dropbacks just for uh, quarterbacks. So obviously that's a lot, some of that's O line related. Some all you know any pressure percentage is either O line and quarterback related. Right. But still, uh, we actually have uh, Derek Carr pressured 33.4 percent <laughs> of his dropbacks. That's actually. Uh, among 38 quarterbacks in the league, that would be 14th. Fewest, so that's surprising, right? It's it, so it, it you know I think a lot of times you're so insulated in seeing what's going on there uh, that you you know you don't you don't really have a total sense of what's going on in the rest of the league. Like uh, Justin Fields, forty nine point four percent of the time he's pressured. Yeah, well, I'm there. Yeah, that that's that's really ridiculous. Like Zach Wilson, you say what you want about part of that though is some quarterbacks hold on to the ball too long. Too. Uh, I'll, I'll put another one that you'd be surprised. Uh, Brock Purdy's the eighth most pressured quarterback in the NFL, forty point five percent. More than Derek Carr. Well, yeah, significantly more, and yet he's uh, he's significantly that better. That can be misleading though, because in the case, I can't believe I'm saying this about a guy who's played what twelve or fourteen NFL games, but I mean. Brock Purdy has this presence about him and can wait until the last second and find the right guy, whereas I don't know that Derek Carr's doing that, if that makes sense. I mean, he's dumping it off a little bit too quicker. You know, the old check down car routine, I mean, he does check it down a little bit quicker than some other guys do because maybe he fears getting hit. There could be certainly some of that. Uh, playing a role. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And he's, he, yeah, I think he's, maybe he's taking too many big shots. Like, that's the thing. You remember the big shots. Like, that's, yeah. uh, that, and, and I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, you, you can't help it if you're, it's human nature. You don't want to get drilled. I'll put it to you this way. He's the fifth fastest quarterback unloading the football in the NFL. 2.52 seconds time to throw. The only others ahead of him, is Tua, Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. So he unloads the football quickly. It hasn't helped Mac Jones once. Uh, Terrence, who is a regular, become a regular here, we thank him. We thank you, Terrence, for joining us here on Datitude every week, usually on Friday. We're here on Wednesday because 
I mean, I know Larry doesn't get any days off, but I actually do. But I'm working anyway because i got to do play-by-play on Friday night. But we're taking Thursday and Friday off here. Happy Thanksgiving and Hootat. We say the same thing to all the people who are our regulars. And if you're new to the show, we appreciate you joining us. Again, we're usually here on Friday mornings at 10 a.m. We're doing it on Wednesday. Second week in a row we're here on a Wednesday. Uh, but we'll be back to our regular Friday slot uh, next week. Uh, before we move on, because I do want to talk about the NFL, we're going to make our Saints-Falcons prediction at the end of the show because we are going to move on and talk about Thursday's slate of games. I find there are some interesting games. Even though there are big spreads, I find some interesting games in there. We'll talk about those in just a minute. But before we move on, you know, as much as people harp on how bad the Saints have been on offense, I mean, you still look, they're ranked 13th. I mean, you don't want to brag about being average because you're basically just – it's like getting a B minus on your test and you're, you're, you go home and your dad says, ah, you should have got an A. I mean, and I know people feel that way, but they're, they're 11th in the league in passing offense. It's not like it's been terrible. People want to talk about how bad this passing offense has been, but trying to find the, the glasses half full. I mean, when you got an 11th ranked passing offense, it's not that bad. Uh, no, it's certainly above average. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, you, uh, you know I'm going to turn to this. Uh, yards is one thing, points is another. So that's that's of course where, where I'm going there, and I'm going to look now. I'm I think they're like 18th or 19th. I'm scurrying through. Let's see here. Uh, well, they're averaging 21.4 points per game, and so that's uh, that's definitely middle of the road. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm it's like 18th, on. I believe, if I if I remember correctly. I haven't done my trends column yet. Uh, we're on, we're on live TV. That, that's okay. Uh, we're on live <laughs> TV, I guess. But uh, Larry's looking things up. That's okay. At, at le- okay. Hey, at least you're at, we, we have the ability to do that. You know, when you're on live TV, most of the time, you're not, you can't look up anything. Well, it sure beats if you're joining us late. Um, speaking of late, uh, a certain host here was had all kinds of issues this morning. I couldn't get my microphone to work. Still couldn't, actually. I'm using my uh, computer audio and camera. I don't know what was going on this morning. So if I sound different or funny... Uh, it's because I'm having to use my computer audio. My mic would not connect for some. Jim, by the way, uh, you are right. 18th in points. Ah, so see, I do pay attention sometimes. Yep. All right. All right. Well, you know, it's, it, look, this, like I said, this is a, these two teams are mirror images of one another. Um, it is what it is. Uh, we're going to, again, we're going to come back to the saints. We're going to finish the show with our saints Falcons predictions, but I do want to spend like five minutes before we go off the air talking about tomorrow's, slate of games you can say what you want i mean obviously there are some big point spreads but i also find it interesting that we have three division matchups and to me anything can happen in division matchups now i heard a stat yesterday that says that um thanksgiving favorites have been rolling have been covering as of late but i don't know that that matters here uh i like one of the favorites to cover i think the other two are going to be closer we'll figure out which one i like of the favorites but uh which one of these games strikes your fancy the most I actually think it is the first one. I think Detroit, Green Bay. Uh, I know it looks like Aaron Jones is going to be out. Um, yeah. But but I will say that Jordan Love has been playing better lately. Before, yeah. he's been pretty bad. Uh, it was almost like he played pretty well uh, in like – for like eight minutes against the Saints, then really went off the deep end and struggled. But he's last three games, he's played better. Uh, and then Detroit, uh, 
I mean, poor Justin Fields. He did everything he could to help win that game. And then, uh, and then the, you know, you get all these interceptions from Jared Goff. And then Detroit puts, puts together a couple drives at the end of the game and they win. So even when Jared Goff is bad, they still win. So, yeah, I, I feel like that this is a, a bit of an intriguing game uh, to me just because uh, certainly a rivalry game uh, in the sense it's a division, uh, the AFC, I mean the NFC North. Uh, and maybe Detroit c- takes a breath for a minute. So maybe Green Bay kind of stays within this game. But, yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, I, I like that one uh, more than the other two. That's the one I'm uh, I'm interested in as well. I guess uh, San Francisco-Seattle could be interesting. With their, they're without Kenneth Walker uh, and Geno Smith is banged up. I'm actually surprised this line isn't a little bit bigger than it is. I know it's in Seattle. And then I'll hold the line down. But, uh, look, Jared Goff, people talk – again, I go back to what fans say about their quarterbacks. And people hate Derek Carr. They hate Jameis Winston. They just hate, 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 hate. You know why? Because Derek – Drew Brees isn't here anymore. That's why they hate Derek Carr and Jameis Winston. There's no question about it. But Jared Goff really has been bad for three games in a row now. Uh, Detroit better find a way to fix that um, really quickly. But I, I guess as far as spreads go, I'm not sure that – if I had to pick a favorite that's going to cover, I think it will be Detroit because I think they're due for a good game. I'm not buying that Jordan Love. I was all on the Jordan Love train before the season started, but, man, just because he's had a good couple of games, does it really take 11 games to, to show that you can play quarterback in the NFL? I'm not impressed at all. Oh, I'm not certainly buying him. I'm just saying he's getting better. <laughs> like, he's gotten better. Well, he's played, how's he going to do without Aaron Jones? He's played but he's played better the last few games. Well, hey, look, Aaron Jones has been in and out of the lineup kind of all year. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'll just put it to you this way. You look at Jordan Love, uh, 59.7 completion percentage. It's one of the worst in the NFL. Like, that's, you know, the fact that he actually uh, still helps them uh, is pretty remarkable. He just comes up. Uh, in bigger spots uh, when they need him. Uh, so his rates feel like they're a little bit higher. But, yeah, when you look at uh, what what's helped Jared Goff, I could tell you is that uh, they have a two-headed monster running the football. Like, no they, they can run all over the people. And I think that's that's something that Jared Goff, because before that, Jared Goff has had to play well. And he's been, he's played well for seriously uh, an, uh, a year now. Like, he started getting hot mid midway through last season, and he's played well. Uh, throughout this entire kind of span. But, yeah, the fact that they're running the football so well, and I don't think anyone is uh, ripping their uh, Jameer Gibbs draft pick anymore. I think that that has become something that they needed and and really has worked out. And, of course, David Montgomery's played well, and now he's back in the field. So you don't need Goff to save the day. And you know what? And even when those two were hurt, remember there was a week where they were both out, they were hurt, I think week six or something like that. And they still ran the football. That's how. That's the difference between a really good offensive line and a piss poor one. So I mean, honestly, if you want to talk about the Lions and Saints, I, I know that they're they're worlds apart when you talk about overall. But the Lions and Saints are pretty close in talent, except for the Lions' offensive line is one of the top three in football, and that is the difference. Well, there's a reason why one offensive coordinator among those two is a hot name to be the, a, a head coach, and one is about to be fired and never hired as a head coach. So take that for what it is. You got a point. Uh, I like Detroit, actually, in this one. I, I think they cover the spread. Uh, I picked Detroit 
I don't I don't do spreads, but obviously I picked Detroit to win. I, I think that's going to be a fun game, though. I agree with you. I, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to win like third to ten or anything. But I I do think in the end they will win uh, because uh, by more than seven and a half. Because again, they played so poorly last week at home. They're about to go on a long stretch. They're playing four out of their next five on the road. Uh, and we're going to find out a lot about the Lions going down the stretch. I actually don't think they're as good as a lot of people think they are. Uh, but, again, we're going to find out about them. And I think they know with this stretch coming up, I think they're going to play their best football. They know how to win on Thanksgiving because they do it more than anyone else. Uh, by the little nugget for you, Larry, you like you like little nuggets. Uh, yes, it, love that. Thanksgiving. Uh, Lions win tomorrow. It'll be the first time since 19. 19- 1954 that they won at least five games in a row in this series. Interesting. So they have a chance to do that. Win five games in a row. 1949 and 1954, they won 11 in a row. And they haven't won as many as five in a row since. They won four in a row a few times. Uh, so uh, before we move on, all right, Jack wants to know, does he trade Devontae for Tank Bigsby and Najee Harris? Um, absolutely not. I don't. Najee Harris has done nothing this year. And uh, Jalen Warren is, Jaylen a, better Warren back. is a better running back. Absolutely, yes. absolutely not. You do not do that. Um, and then uh, Washington Dallas. I don't think we need to talk a whole lot about that. Although I do think if I had to bet on it, and you don't have, to, you know, I tell this to people all the time, you don't have to bet on every game. There's no law that says you have to bet. On, so I won't be betting on this game. Uh, Washington at Dallas. I think Washington's going to cover because they've been Jekyll and Hyde. As much as they stunk last week, I actually think they're going to cover at Dallas. Uh, we'll see. Um, and then the last game, again, we talked about it. Uh, Geno Smith is iffy. Uh, Kenneth Walker is not going to play. I think Kenneth Walker not playing really hurts that team. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. And I don't care if Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker are playing. I mean, they're not beating the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers have, have stumbled. They did their one middle of the season stumble, and now they're back rolling again. Uh, they are as dangerous as a team as anyone in the NFL now. And I agree. It's hilarious that uh, every week I have to, uh, uh, you know, when Brock Purdy does well, I write Brock Purdy does well, and people lose their minds. Like they they think he's terrible, uh, you know, in a national sense. He's terrible. Oh, just people who just see the numbers and that Brock Purdy is like his numbers are better than Patrick Mahomes. And they just lose their minds. It's like, have, have you watched Brock Purdy play? I mean, he exactly. can play. And they call him a system quarterback, da 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 da. Every quarterback is a system quarterback. Like Drew Brees was a system quarterback. Right. I mean, it's I'm like, not kidding. It's silly. Like it, it it's it's it silly, silly to even even say Brock, that. Like, Brock it, Purdy, if you watch and, and and I know you really you've always loved the film part of it and breaking down and going back through plays and looking at certain plays. I think if you really watch Brock Purdy, I think he's the next I don't want to say Tom Brady because nobody's Tom Brady, but he's de- of that ilk. I think he has that in him to be a, a great Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, two great quarterbacks, with two completely different kind of quarterbacks. So when I say that Brock Purdy is going to be of the ilk of Brady, I think he's going to follow kind of in those footsteps and play that kind of game. I think take command. I know it's only been whatever it is, 12, 14, whatever, however many games he started, but I really think this kid has a chance to be in this league for a decade. I mean, oh, I, I agree. Well, what, what, what's great about it for the 49ers sake, uh, you've got him on the cheap for at least, at least one more year, 
at yeah. least one more year. He's in year two of his rookie contract. So you probably he probably wouldn't get paid until after year three. So yeah. you can build around him for sure. And they certainly have done that. And so that, but that, I mean, that's the key to success in the NFL. I mean, that's all Seattle was able to sustain for a while because they didn't have to pay Russell Wilson. That's, that's, you know, that's the key to it. And so, uh, you know, the 49ers are in that spot. And so, uh, you know, that to me, uh, you know, right now, if you would, if I would have to say, man, who do I feel the most confident with to win the Super Bowl? I would pick them. I've been Eagles, uh, you know, before the season I was Bengals. Obviously, that's not going to happen for, for circumstances. But, you know, I was saying Bengals, Eagles, uh, you know, I, I, I'd love Jalen Hurts. But I feel like if you would, if, if, if you, I'm taking 49ers or Eagles, I'm taking 49ers. And if I'm taking, it's either 49ers or Chiefs or 49ers or Ravens, I'm taking the 49ers. I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. I think the, uh, I, I, Think the same thing that I thought in August. I think that the Cowboys and 49ers are the best teams in the NFC. I still believe that. I know the Cowboys are going to be a wild card because they're not going to catch the Eagles. Well, they might. The Eagles have a really tough schedule coming up, and the Cowboys still play them again. So it's possible, but I doubt it. Um, I really think it's going to be a 49ers-Cowboys NFC championship game, and I think the winner of that game is going to win the Super Bowl. I I mean, I still believe that. So we'll find out if I'm right. Real quickly – uh, Miami and the Jets on Black Friday. Do you think the Jets, I mean, they have the fifth best passing defense. Are they going to quit? Or are they going to get new life under Tim Boyle at quarterback? Can they hang with two or not? I think they can. I mean, the Jets have really slowed down quarterbacks outside of last week. I think maybe they, they get a little reinvigorated now that Zach Wilson will never see the field again. Uh, but here's the thing, and I am dead serious I think the Jets should be starting Trevor Simeon and not Tim Boyd. You know what's sad? As much as I bashed Trevor Simeon all last season and can't, I mean, look, that dude had to go. I mean, he had to go. But you know what? I think you're right. I think he's better than either one of those two clients. Yes, I think so. Jeez, and that says a whole lot. I've at least seen Trevor Simeon win some games in life. Like, Tim Boyle, no. That's really bad. Uh, Jando says, playing a hurt quarterback has come back to bite us. You know what? I don't disagree with you whatsoever. I said before, I I thought Derek Hall playing that Tampa game um, not only hurt him in that game, I think it's really kind of hurt him going forward. I I, I think there's no reason. There's no reason to play Derek Hall this week. Absolutely not. There's no reason to play Derek Hall. That's a great transition as we get – Back to the Saints, about to make our Saints-Falcons pick here. I don't know how you feel. We're about to find out. But if I'm the Saints, put Jameis in there. Whatever happens, happens. Even if you lose, at least the one good thing you have of the Saints, if you lose, you're still tied for the lead, and you can go make things happen down the stretch. You don't like that you have to come home and play Detroit, but you're about to have a three-game homestand. And two of the teams in that homestand are really bad football teams. So, look, if you lose, you lose. It's not the end of the world. There's no reason to play Derek Carr in this game whatsoever. I think that's a great point about playing him hurt. And that was, he was not good against Tampa. And obviously we've seen that Tampa's not very good. Like, so that, that, that you, you, I think they just feared playing Jameis. I don't know. I I think, and they got too much money tied to Derek Carr. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, 
That's I don't get that. their fear of jail. They, they, uh, you, you say that word, and they're, I think that's the right word. I don't know what their fear of playing Jameis is. I mean, are they scared that if he plays well, there's going to be a controversy? What is the deal? They, like, almost go out of their way not to play that dude. That could be part of it. Or then they fear that he's going to throw eight picks. I don't know. Or they fear that he's going to be great, and then they're going to have a quarterback controversy. It could be either or. Uh, you know, it's it's mind-boggling, really. It's pretty I mean, funny. They, go, they literally go out of their way not to play Jameis Winston. Yeah. So uh, as I as I texted you before, do we have to make a pick in this game? We do. We do. Uh, and you know what? That's where we are right now. Uh, uh, we're trying to cut this off for really. I was trying to cut it off for forty minutes of all the problems we have. We're, we're going to cut it off at forty-five minutes. So we got two and a half minutes. Larry Holder, is that time of the week where we make our prediction? Saints, Falcons, it is a pick 'em line. That means Vegas has no idea who's going to win. And you know what? I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I don't think either one of us have an idea either. I would be, I should be really brave and pick a tie, uh, but I don't think I'm going to do that. And I'm tired of picking the Saints and being burned, so I'm not picking them this week. I'm going with the Falcons. Uh, I think that. They actually can throw the ball with a lack of pass pressure and Marshawn Lattimore out. So I think that the Falcons and Desmond Ritter can actually be effective in there, which will open up the run game. And the Saints haven't been great stopping the run uh, lately. Uh, and obviously, you see in the rankings, they're 20th uh, you know, in rushing yards allowed. So uh, I'm going Falcons. Let's go 17-14. Falcons. Ooh, exciting. Exciting. That's how much I'm looking forward to this one. My boy Josh Alt's out there. He says he'd rather have three TDs and three interceptions from Winston over two interceptions and one TD. Well, at least you're guaranteed 21 points, but it might be for the other team too. Yeah, it's not it's not that bad. Come on. Come on. I I, look, I think Jameis Winston's gonna come in and play a decent game. All right, I'm I try I, I know this sounds crazy. I wrote this in my NFL picks column this morning, which is it's out on Wednesday instead of Thursday because, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm taking a day off and I'm going to – because my, my, my skinny felt figure needs to eat all day tomorrow. That's what I need to do. Um, look, I tried to pick the Falcons. I really – there is no scenario in my head where I'm thinking the Saints are going to seize control of this division and be up by two games. I just can't fathom it. But yet, I just can't do it. I, I, I don't, the Falcons, I, their defense is okay. But I can't believe their offense is really ranked 15th. I think the Saints, even with their injuries, even with Lattimore Hurt, even with the uncertainty at quarterback, I don't see how this team loses to Atlanta. I just don't. Um, I think it's a higher scoring game. Uh, for some reason, the first game always seems to be higher scoring than the last one. Uh, and when these two teams play, I'm going to take, I'm going to say Saints 27, Falcons 20, and you're sweating that last drive. And if Desmond Ritter can can come back and get that tie and touchdown and maybe throws a pick the pulse and a Debo or something in the end. I don't think, you know, I think they win by seven, but I don't think they have control, big control, but I just can't take the Falcons here again. I really try to, I just I can't. I'm just disgusted by both teams and I've picked them to win too many times and they've lost and I don't like either one of them. So that's, I think there's, there's definitely some, some bitterness just in that sense. Uh, but like, I would say the like, Oh, if I would, Good them heads up. I would pick the Saints, but uh, look, they, I've said that before, and I've been burned. So, look, well, well, the good news is 
One of us is going to be right. Usually we're on the same side, and when we both pick the Saints, we're usually wrong. We didn't mention Michael Thomas on IR, and I'm going to be frank. Don't take this the wrong way, and I don't think it matters one iota. Michael Thomas is exactly what I thought he would be coming this season. Just one inch smidge better than worthless. That's where he's been. <laughs> yeah, I will say in, in our news judgment uh, yesterday when that news broke, um, I was uh, working on our NFL news desk, and – the fact that I was like, hey, guys, do y'all even care about this? And then they said the fact that you, New Orleans, covered the Saints for a million years, have to ask us this question means it's probably not worth doing a news headline. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. I mean, I honestly, did, 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 I think he's already played more games probably than we thought he would play this season. He's not going to come back. When Once Michael Thomas goes on, on IR, he goes into Never Never Land. If the Saints were – I don't want to get into this tangent because we got to go off the air. But if the Saints were really good, do we really think he'd be going on IR? No. Don't know. That's no. and but that's the question that's always going to linger with him. I mean, you know, what uh, do you trust him totally with with some of these ailments? And then, uh, yeah, I'm here's what I'm and uh, this is we don't we don't have to dive into this. But look, he's going to be a free agent after this year. Uh, Good luck who signs him? What is what? Where where does he end up after this year? I'm curious. I'm, I'm one curious. year, four million dollars to sign with. I don't know. He's only going to accept the deal for. He might accept less to go to a decent team, the Ravens, I the don't know. Chiefs. Chiefs. That would be interesting. That's I would look for him or Mike Evans with the Chiefs next year. Oh, Mike Evans didn't need to leave. That's a different. That dude busts his ass and doesn't get. Look, we can hate Mike Evans all we want. Um, he's a player. He could still play. He, he, not only can he still play, he's trying. He's busting his keister. Um, and I watched a lot of Mike Evans this year, and I've been very impressed with how hard he's been trying with Baker Mayfield. Same player. draft, Mike Evans and Odell Beckham. Who's playing better? Hmm. There's no question. I mean, who, who <laughs> plays no matter what? Right. One of them. All right, Larry, we'll do it again. We're back to our regular Friday time slot. Uh, you're not going to eat too much turkey tomorrow, are you? I'm going to be working while eating, so okay. I'll probably just be eating all day then. You're, so you're not going to be like me and have a house full of, of family? I will be at a house full and, and still having to monitor and watch all of the games. So, yeah. Tough easier, tough gig, I know, but somebody's got to do it. It's easier to tell family to shut up than, than other people. True. Not very, very, very true. Come on, move it. Yes. Facts. All right. Have a happy Thanksgiving, my friend. We'll see you a week you from too, Friday. buddy. You too. Yeah, yeah. You can even hear it in there. Um, that my mic. At some point, I just said, you know what the hell with it, and I used computer audio. So that is the difference between a professional microphone, which you can go swipe your finger back a little bit, the professional microphone and the computer audio. If you can't notice the difference, I, got, I think my wife probably wouldn't notice the difference, but if you can't notice the difference, then... Uh, you obviously don't do a whole lot with audio because it sounds way different. Anyway, it is what it is. We got it all back working. We're all here. And we're just trying to count down to Thanksgiving and move on. All right, let's get uh, to our best bets segment. It's going to be a lot shorter than normal. I know a lot of you are probably happy about that. Uh, I'm just going to tell you that it was not the greatest week. I don't have our results in front of us in front of me right now because I didn't even input my picks. I'm just going off of my picks from my column. Meanwhile, Uncle Big Nick, uh, he had to email me. That's a first. He emailed me his picks. Um, so with that being said, the way that it works is we each get 
$100 a week to bet, to make our five best bets. We can bet them any way we want. We get $100 plus whatever the juice is on our bets within reason. We are both still above 500 Nick, I think, is just barely hanging on, clinging my fingertips to being above 500 while I am somewhere around plus 100 or so. Uh, we both had, again, pretty ugly weeks last week, but uh, we'll give you some Thanksgiving specials. All right. I will tell you that I'm not going to even tell you amounts. All of mine are the $20 range. Um, whatever it costs to juice, that's what my bets are, $20. All of them are the same, so I could really put them in any order. Knicks are pretty similar. I'm going to start with him. Look, he has been stubborn about Texas San Antonio, but he is going to, I mean, Texas San Antonio. He's been stubborn about Tulane, picking against Tulane. He keeps picking against Tulane. He's doing it again. A Friday special. Uh, Tulane is playing UTSA uh, at Yeoman Stadium at 2.30. If Tulane wins, they advance to the uh, American Athletic Conference Championship game. UTSA trying to do the same in their first season. In the AAC, both teams undefeated at conference play, but Nick likes UTSA. He says, yeah, I'm stubborn, but Tulane has been playing with fire. This line stinks, and I think they finally get burned here. And then he puts in parentheses, or maybe next week. You know what, Nick? I can't. I don't concur with that one. I'm just not. Look, I know Tulane has not played up to their potential, but they're still winning. They find ways to win. They found a way to win against Memphis. They found a way to win all those against all those stinky teams, and they're going to find a way to win against a good one here. I think I think Tulane wins, so I am not in concurment. He's betting fifty-five to win twenty-two. Look, I always joke with Uncle Big Nick about staying in his lane, and when I say that, I mean college football because he's always he's the college football expert. I'm the NFL expert. He does well with his college picks, and usually does not well when he does NFL. And I'm the other way around. So I decided before last year, I was just going to stick to the NFL. But you know what? I do have a college pick. It is my first college pick of the year to make my best bet segment. It is Florida State minus six and a half over Florida. Florida is not a good football team. I get that Florida State does not have Jordan Travis. He's out for the season. But I tell you what, Florida State is going to make it tough on this committee. Because if they win this game, and then they're going to go to the ACC championship game against Louisville. And if they win that game, they're going to be undefeated. And if the committee wants to leave out an undefeated Florida State team who earned their way into the playoff, then it just goes to show why not have a farce of a playoff in this final final playoff before we move to 12 teams. But I think Florida State's going to make it tough on them. I don't think Florida State, I don't think Florida's very good. Usually these teams play and it's not close. I don't think it's going to be that close here. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce the Florida State's quarterback's name now. Uh, doesn't matter. I think Florida State's going to win this game. They're going to come out and prove something. They're going to have an attitude. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder. It's going to be about coaching. They're going to be coached well. They're going to play well. No offense to Billy Napier, but I like the Seminoles. Give me the Seminoles. Minus six and a half. All right. Um, moving on to Nick's next pick. He is got... LSU special. He's got LSU over 66 and a half, $22, a regular bet. Um, he said they're going to do all they can to get Jaden this Heisman trophy. He undoubtedly deserves. There's no question that Jaden Daniels deserves the Heisman. And he says it's going to be enough for them to win. They need to score 50. I don't agree with that at all because the defense can't stop a runny nose. He's being a smart ass. No doubt about it. I don't like this pick either. 
Texas A&M has the number one defense in the SEC. Um, I don't look. I think Jaden Daniels is the best player in the country. I think he's proved it already. I think he'll still get his. He'll have total offense numbers somewhere around 300 to 400. Do what he's been doing, maybe a little bit less. And the Tigers will score somewhere in the low 30s or maybe upper 20s. But here's the thing. Texas A&M's offense isn't that good. And LSU has already shown that they can play semi-normal defense against teams that aren't very good offensively. I don't think there's uh, 66 points. So, again, I'm in disagreement. But, again, Uncle Big Nick is the college football expert. That's what he's got. His $20 pick, LSU over 66 and a half against Texas A&M on Saturday morning. Saturday morning in Death Valley, by the way. All right, my next pick is a Thanksgiving special. It's the first game of the day. Um, I'm actually going to spend a little bit of the juice, so I'm going to spend um, 25 to win 20 here. Detroit, the Detroit Lions at minus 7. Buy that extra half a point over the Green Bay Pack. In fact, you know what? I'm going to look on live radio, even though we aren't live um, as we speak. I'm going to call up the line and make sure that's still the line. Because uh, if we can get it for a better price, we're going to take it for a better price. Sometimes you're looking at the worst price. Nope, it's exactly the same. Same price. So we're going to uh, take it. Detroit minus seven. At uh, you got about twenty-five dollars to win twenty over Green Bay on Thursday morning. Uh, I don't make a whole lot of square picks. I say in my NFL column. What I mean by that, when you say you're square, it means that you're you're popular with the general public. I stay away from those, but. You know what? I just love the Lions here. I, I, I don't, I'm not buying in that Jordan Love has played a few good games uh, and Jared Goff has played a few bad games in a row. So I think that's the only thing that's kept this line down. The fact that Detroit had to struggle against Chicago at the end of the game there, that's kept this line down because this line should be more like nine. I think the Lions are getting a break here. By the way, uh, and I, say, I said this with Larry, if the Lions can win, it'd be the fifth consecutive win against the Green Bay Packers. They haven't done that since when they won 11 in a row, December 1949 to Thanksgiving Day, 1954. That was 138 games in the series ago and 69 years ago. Doesn't matter. Lions win this game. I got it 30 to 20. We'll see how it goes. That is my uh, $25 to win 20 play. All right, next for Uncle Big Nick. He has got the Oregon Ducks, minus 13 and a half. Over Oregon State, $22 to win 20. Uh, Oregon State is coming off heartbreak against Washington. That is true. And he says this is a horrible spot in a rivalry game, and the Oregon D will shut down, <laughs> will shut down, quote, Gordon and make DJ Ugly throw, or I can't pronounce the spell of his name, uh, Uglalea, something like that. I don't know. Uh, and beat them, and he won't. Oregon rolls right into the rematch with Washington uh, again. I don't think I'm going to bet on it, but I don't think I like this pick either. Um, 13 and a half, they're begging you to take Oregon. Everybody's all over Bo Nix. They keep saying how great he is. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think Oregon State's going to give them all their money. So three pick. I am never against Big Nick with all his picks. I, I just, I'm not. For some reason, I am today. Uh, I don't like any of those picks. So I am against Uncle Big Nick here. I think that's going to be a close game. But again, he's the college expert. We'll, uh, I'm sure he's not going to like probably my next my next pick either so who cares uh, Friday at 2 p.m. the Miami Dolphins are 
traveling up north to play the New York Jets, where it is nasty today. It's supposed to be better weather tomorrow, but it is nasty today in New York. Um, I say tomorrow. I mean, two days. Look, doesn't it just seem like every Aunt Mabel, Drunk Joe, and everybody and their grandma is going to bet on Miami at minus 10 here? Doesn't it just seem like it's that easy? The Jets stink that bad. They got wiped off the face of the planet by Buffalo last week. They're making a change. They're going to some guy named Tim Boyle as quarterback. Doesn't it just seem so easy? Yeah. It's not that easy in the NFL. I like the Jets. Jets have the Jets getting 10 on Friday, on first Black Friday game. The reason why I like the Jets is uh, is a couple fold. Um, first of all, like I said, PFF was telling me yesterday, CBS told me, 86% of the tickets that have been placed through late night yesterday were on Miami at minus 10. Vegas doesn't lose money. If they were begging, if they wanted more money, more action on the Jets, they'd make this line like 11, 12, like they did last week. Because they thought Miami was going to cover that. That line against Miami last week, it went from minus 11, Miami over the Raiders, to minus 14 by the time the thing closed. They were they did not think Miami was going to be slowed down. They, they were afraid as hell that the Raiders were going to get blown out last week. Who won? Vegas did. They are not moving this line. They don't care whether you bet on the Jets or not. They haven't moved it at all. Jets are still 10-point underdogs. I like the Jets. It wouldn't shock me if they won outright. I think that Miami will win. Uh, but I really think this Jets' fifth-ranked passing defense, Tua's had trouble. Tua's had a lot of trouble when he's played really good pass defenses. And I think he's going to have trouble here. I think it's a low-scoring game. Got Dolphins 20, Jets 14. Give me the Jets plus 10. That is uh, $22 to win 20. All right, for Uncle Big Nick, he was going to take San Francisco at plus at minus six and a half over Seattle, but he changed his pick because the line changed. The line, when it went to minus seven, he got away from it. So he's going to take Missouri minus seven and a half against Arkansas. I like this pick. Uh, They're playing hard. Arkansas has folded their tents. Missouri playing for 10 wins for the first time since 2014. There's one I can fully endorse. I think uh, Missouri is going to wipe the floor with Arkansas. I think they have given up. Uh, so I agree with them there. Missouri minus 7.5 over Arkansas is Uncle Big Nick's uh, fourth pick. My next pick is a, I don't, I don't, I have never done this before, especially not in best bets. I've never done it at all, period. But I've definitely not done it in best bets. Uh, a three-team seven-point teaser. If you guys listen to me, you know how I like the teaser. And what a teaser is, normally what it is, is you bet take two teams, they both have to cover, and... Um, if they both cover, you win. If one of them loses, you lose. The, the the gift is you get six points of cushion for each team. And it costs minus 120 to play, which means $12 to win 10. Here, I'm betting $10 to win 12. And I'm getting seven points of cushion for all my legs. But all three teams have to win. I'm going to go over them quickly. Um, you listen to me, what I said about the Saints over Atlanta. Here, since it's pick them, I'd be getting seven points. I think no matter what goes on here, I'd be surprised if this is not a close game. I mean, I really would. Even if the Saints don't win, I think it's still a close game. Somebody's going to have a chance. Whoever's not winning is going to have a chance to win in the final couple minutes of this game, whether it's the Saints, whether it's the Falcons, doesn't matter. So give me the Saints plus seven. This is my first leg. 
My second leg is Cincinnati plus eight over Pittsburgh. The Bengals have lost Joe Burrow, as everyone knows. But are they that much worse? You're going to give me the, the Bengals are underdogs at home against a mediocre Pittsburgh team who can't score, who can't move the football? Give me eight points. Give me Cincinnati. I think they're going to play well here. In fact, I think Cincinnati is going to win this game straight up. But if you want to give me eight points and a new court quarterback, Jake Browning, who I thought looked okay last week, and he's had extra time to, uh, to think about it and get himself ready. Um, we'll see how they do. And then last, uh, the third leg is Cleveland plus nine and a half over Denver. First of all, this is going to be a low-scoring game, and anybody with nine and a half, I think, covers. But that being said, again, I think Cle- the wrong team's favored. I think Cleveland's going to win this game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, punch-them-in-the-mouth kind of game like Cleveland's been playing. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is just fine. Uh, I think Denver, after last week's uh, shouldn't have won the game, somehow found a way to win. I think they'll fall a little bit flat here. I like Cleveland in the number one defense against Russell Wilson. I don't think Denver's going to be able to move the ball very much. So there's my three-leg part. Uh, plus seven. Three-leg, three-team, seven-point teaser. Saints plus seven over Atlanta. Bengals plus eight over Pittsburgh. Cleveland plus nine and a half over Denver. And the Bengals are at home. All right, moving on. And the, the top pick of the week for Uncle Big Nick is a Thanksgiving feast parlay. He's got Green Bay plus seven and a half. You already heard me say I like Detroit. And he's got Washington plus 11. $25 to win 64. His reasoning is, give me all them points to gobble up on Thanksgiving. Aunt Mabel bringing her fruitcake, telling me Detroit and the Cowboys are going to roll. I don't think that's true. I don't think Aunt Mabel really is on Detroit. Um, I'll look and try to give you an answer before I finish reading this, this analysis here. But he says, Aunt Mabel... Uh, is going to put the fruitcake down. Detroit D is not that good. And meanwhile, the Cowboys are 6-12 and 12 against the spread on Thanksgiving. That most certainly is true. Uh, and I like Washington, actually. But um, I, don't, I don't really like Detroit. And, yeah, well, he's it's kind of right. He's got 67% on Detroit as of right now. Um, so, yeah, I guess Mabel is more on Detroit than they are on Green Bay. I just, look. Uh, so we're, we are cross-firing a little bit there. I, I just, I think Detroit is a much better team. I think as bad as they played last week, they have something to prove. And again, as I talked about with Larry, they're about to go on a stretch of four out of five on the road. We're going to see how good these Lions are as we go forward. All right, that's going to just about do it for this show, man. It has been a struggle. This show was a struggle. Um, so if, you know, if it wasn't up to our normal standards, I apologize, obviously. Uh, the quality of my mic, my computer mic during the during the interview with Larry was was terrible. But if you stuck through it to the end, God love you, man. If you got the headphones on listening to this while the family's running around during Thanksgiving and you're feeding your face while listening, God bless you. Eat your turkey, man. Eat your cornbread dressing. Have some oyster dressing for me. Uh, eat an extra piece of pumpkin pie for me. I mean, I'm going to have my own, but eat one for me anyway. Uh, we are going to take the rest of the week off. Well, kind of. I'm doing play-by-play, in case you care, for Varsity Sports Now. Shaw against John F. Kennedy on Friday at Pan American. And then Saturday afternoon, a matinee basketball, St. Paul's basketball. And I think they're playing South Plaquemines. We had a good one last night, St. Paul's and Brother Martin. So 
I do have some play-by-play -play duties. I am taking the weekend off from here at The Advocate. I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. Again, don't eat too much. We'll be back on Monday for our regular schedule. Derry's Dime coming up. Let's hope it's a happy one. We'll see. Saints, LSU, Tulane. Hope they all have a great week. We'll talk to you on Monday. Peace and love, my friends. <laughs>